Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you doing today? I am doing well today. I'm a little um, tired. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> just a long night. Uh-huh. And um, it was... A wonderful night, but I feel like uh, I've noticed as I've gotten older, really, I mean, things that I do that would never have caused me to feel any lack of energy the next day seem to be sucking the life out of me. I mean, if I, I used to drive into Manhattan in the morning, do whatever I needed to do, drive back out or drive to New Jersey or Philadelphia, make that trip in one day, and I was fine. Anymore, I find that when I do that, the next morning when I wake up, it's almost as if I've been whacked on the back of a head with a board. Wow. I just feel drained, mm-hmm. and maybe I need to get something else to juice up my energy. Do you think maybe it's be- it's not as much the physicalness of everything, but sometimes the personal Jane, yeah. when you yes. have to interact with many peeps yes. in and one short period of time, and it's very, it can be very dra- daunting, very draining. And that is the way it works when I've talked about making these trips, too, right. because it's, it's a constant. Mm-hmm. When you're at home or you're in the office, you have downtime. Right. You know, you can get up right. and go out and get some lunch. But when I do this, I'm usually... I get there for the first appointment. Mm-hmm. That's over, then I drive to the next appointment. That's over, then I drive to the next. I know. A- and it's just a continuum. I want you to know that's how I live my life. Okay. Well, <laughs> As you know. Yes, I do know. <laughs> but I just think like that kind of stuff. And it's also, as you said, you're on. Yeah, when the you whole have time. to be, I find as someone who is on because of, by the very nature of A, my fabulous personality. Yeah, that. <laughs> That too. Yeah. And B, B, because of my 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 career, my what I do, mm-hmm. it's and I love it. Trust me. There's days like this past Monday, I stayed home for the day mm-hmm. because I have what I think is some kind of weird sinus th- infection or sign or allergy combination of all of the above. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to give myself a day to just stay home and not run around. It was kind of yucky. It was that gloomy, sort of like it is today, but there was no rain. It was just dreary, no sun, a little bit cooler. And I and thought, windy. You know, yeah, it's a good day to just be home. So, of course, I, I thought I'm going to just try to relax. And so I really did. I didn't go back in my bed to sleep, but I did take a nap on my ch- in one of my chairs and... Um, for about three hours, Whoa. which I never, do. yeah, 
And I you know, your body's trying to tell you something. I, I know it. And then I thought to myself, wow, I must, A, must have needed that, but B, I couldn't stand it. I'm like, okay, I cannot wait till tomorrow morning till I get back up, take good, blah, 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 blah. Because I can't, as much as I love the downtime, if it's too prolonged, I, it drives me crazy. I just feel, not that I wasn't on the phone and not that I wasn't interacting with people, but I, it was not, it wasn't my normal t- kind of thing. Do you feel guilty? Yes, that's part of the reason. That's what I was just going to say. Part of it is because I, I so. don't usually do that. Mm-hmm. If I On Mondays are usually my day to be home and catch up on work-related things so that the rest of the week I can do my thing. And a lot of times on Monday I try. But I didn't even do anything work-related. I just didn't. And I just thought, I'm just chilling out. I'm not going there, and I'm going to really... I mean, I did because I was on the phone with people, but I, w- I wasn't doing any paperwork or doing... I just... And to take a three-hour nap in the middle of the mm-hmm. afternoon, that's huge. Mm-hmm. From 12 till 3. I, I think it's part of the American <clears throat> business ethic, which is drummed into our heads, that, you know, if you... If you especially, this is even more acute, if you are someone who is self-employed, uh-huh. there is constantly a, a internal pressure a self-expectation to yes. make sure that you're not sloughing mm, off exactly and that you know whenever you do do something that's not w- what we might term productive mm-hmm. then there's something wrong you're doing something wrong and you're going to fail and you go through the whole thing right all right so you do all that nonsense but i think i've learned in the last couple of years that having those somebody termed it i think it's wonderful a mental health day yeah 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 just time where you take yourself away from everything and it's a work day uh-huh. it has to this has, yeah, to, it has to be a work meaning day. if right. it's a work day uh-huh. then you just go and do something that regenerates yourself you just you let it go and you just enjoy whatever it is you're going to go do even if it's driving to somewhere but when you're there and you're having a good time and having lunch doing whatever it is so refreshing to do that and then say okay tomorrow i can go back at it with a different attitude Mm -hmm. and i've done that a couple times this year that i never did before and i find it to be really wonderful very restorative right and i i think i would be less guilty if i did that than because i was actually at home and didn't do anything (laughs) i did cook dinner and stuff later in the day for my little boy and for Meyer, and you know we did okay but i just it was i don't like to just be i know well yeah but anyway we have to make it be okay but the on part is is very draining mm mm-hmm yeah, it is. Uh-huh. I think psychologically it is. Yeah. More than we realize. Yeah. But um, besides that, uh, there are a couple people that we discovered during the course of the week that listen to our show. Yes. So we need to do some shout outs. And one of them I want to make sure I say is um, Lori Nacito. Okay, who I yep. was with on Monday evening and told me she listens to the show. And some of the other members of the Circle 200 group that I'm involved with. We had a wonderful uh, opportunity that Monday. It was Monday night. And it was cool. Like you said, it was a cool day. Mm-hmm. But it didn't rain. It was just yucky. But in any event... Um, we just we had a good time being with i think there were 60 or 70 women and one of the largest turnouts i've ever seen at an event and it was a it usually is well attended but not not as good as this i think but it was to um, introduce the circle 200 members to the new what we call the new class 
of people that are coming into Circle 200. And I believe that there were um, seven or eight. And not all of them could be there, but it was just nice to see everybody and to welcome these other women into this organization. So several people that were there that evening said they listened to us on the radio show. So uh -huh. I guess more people than we realize listen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. And we had your neighbor I met, who was a very nice man. He yes. and his wife, yes. uh, Pat and Beth Troy, mm -hmm. who live right next door to you, they said. Mm -hmm. And Pat said that he listens, and he said that people he works with, I think, or some a couple that he knows and two other guys say they listen. And, the, and he said that one of the men were was very, like, um, curious uh, when Pat said that he was your neighbor. Like, he was like, <laughs> oh, really? You know, that kind of stuff. So... Um, that's that's a that's good. So we have to say uh, hi to Pat and to Beth, who are mm -hmm. lovely people, by the way. They are very nice, very very generous. And people. speaking very highly of Patrick A. DiNapoli, oh. <laughs> uh, that he knocks on their walls and all that kind of stuff. Oh, which, he does insane insane things. Uh -huh. Yeah, Patrick yeah. A. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. So hello, hello. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was somebody else that you mentioned during the week that you ran into who said that they listen, and I can't think of who that was. And I wanted to say hi to them, but I can't remember. Well, well whatever. It, so well, you knew them when I yes, said Yes, we're yeah, going to have to write this down. I try every if time. If I don't, if it's not the day before, I forget. <laughs> I told you the so. chef at... Um, for one of the chefs for Metz Corporation at Lackawanna College said that he listened. That's what I think you were saying. But I yeah. can't think of his name, so I apologize. Okay. Um, so, mm -hmm. but we'll say hi to him anyway. There you go. But yes. <laughs> so, um, so what events are coming up in the world? Uh, um, well, more importantly, we have Fourth of July coming up. You know that. Oh, yeah. yeah well, really quick, but more importantly, is my son Tommy is coming home for this weekend. He is in New York, and instead of leaving from New York tomorrow on Friday, he's going to stay until Sunday. So he's coming into town for the weekend. Mm -hmm. So I will have both boys home for the weekend. Oh, yay! Mm -hmm. Are they both going to stay there at that house? What do you mean? Are they going to sleep there well, at your yes, house? Well, yes, of course. Well, you never know. I mean, sometimes... No, no, You know, no. Mm -mm. older nope. uh, children don't feel comfortable being at home. Oh, no. My kids, their rooms... Uh, my kids' room is in the attic. Oh. As I say okay. that all the time, they're in the attic. <laughs> Deb Peterson called me this morning. And she said, I didn't wake up your... Sean, did... I said, Deb, they're in the attic. My bedroom was in the attic. We remodeled. We have a great, like, with eaves and all that. Yeah. It's really neat. Mm -hmm. And dormers and stuff. And um, so we did that for the boys. And they're... they're it's a really... It's the whole... It's the whole space of the house because it's the whole makeup yeah. of the physical house. So it has a, a sitting room and it used to be a toy room, which has now been turned into a walk-in closet and and their beds and another area. So it's really a, a little cool pad up there mm -hmm. for them. So, oh no, they'll... That's good. Yeah, they're cool. That's great. I said, I slept in the attic, you're sleeping in the attic. <laughs> No, but we had a great room in, in our attic, my sister and I, and yeah. it was just so, we had to have the, we had an air conditioner built in, because of course it was so, you could never, it was unbearable, you had to mm -hmm. have air on mm -hmm. in the summer, but um, it's it's a great place to be. You feel like you have your own place somewhere, that you're yeah. not really connected. Yeah. So it always is nice. 
and it's also uh, the kind of a situation where you can do lots of things that parents wouldn't know about either. Like when I snuck home at night and uh-huh. yeah. didn't get up and my grandmother didn't, I wouldn't, I snuck in. Although there are lots of stairs you got to climb, so you have to be very <laughs> quiet doing that. But I remember one time I came home really, really, really late mm-hmm. and then I slept in and or I didn't come home. I came home in the morning Mm -hmm. and my mom and my grandmother were driving out of the back, the alley behind our house. And I ducked down so they didn't see me. And then I got in the house and went back up to sleep. And when I came downstairs about three in the afternoon, my grandmother said, boy, you must have gotten home late last night. I I said, I I didn't tell her, but I didn't get home at all. (laughs) But they didn't even know that I wasn't home because I was all the way upstairs. See, that's what I'm saying. You can get away with a lot of stuff. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. Um, I also remember the attic in our house, you know, the big Victorian house. Yes. The the attic that was never really ever, um, what do they call that? Um, Occupied? No, it was there. Finished? Finished. That's what I wanted. Yes. So that the eaves that were exposed, all the, uh, the beams and the very crude type of insulation at the time, they Mm -hmm. didn't have what we have now. But there was one light that hung from a, a and it cord. Was just on a, a just the light bulb, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. And you flipped that light on when you started to go up the steps. It was the creepiest thing in yeah. the world. And of course, my sister and my brother and I were convinced that there were ghosts up there mm-hmm. because every time we'd hear any noise, we would and we all slept and on the floor below the attic. Right. So anytime any of us would hear a noise, we'd come running to each other's room. Did you hear the noise? The yeah. ghost is up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, so there is scary. something neat about being up there. But it was also scary to go up there. Mm-hmm. Now, we always went up together. Nobody would go up now, now, the weird thing, the neat thing about my house now, where my boys' room is, there's two side windows, the front decorative windows, and then the back two smaller windows. So on all sides of the house are windows. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my house, there were only two windows in the front of the house, two small right. windows. That gave the I mean, it gave a nice light, but there was nothing coming in from the other sides. So it's a little bit different than that. But well, it is. It, it was a neat place to be, and we thought it was cool up there. So I just love attic. Don't like finished basements, but I love finished attics. I think they're cool. They're just another form of exercise to walk up the steps. Of course good it for is. you. There you go. It is. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening this morning to Laurie and Lynn's show. We'll be right back. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I'm Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm, Clark Summit. And I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. Yes. How's that going, by the way? It's going well. We've got some book signings set up, three of them, as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. in the next uh, couple months. So that's good. And I'm I'm also looking at um, developing a podcast, which I will share with people once I get it up and running, um, based on the book called uh, Power of the Purse Mm -hmm. Podcast. So when I get all that done, um, y'all will be the first to know. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of all that stuff about uh, women and finance, there's a very interesting article that uh, Sally Krawcheck wrote. And Sally was the president of, and I'm not sure what her current title is. She used to be part of something, I think I've mentioned this before, <clears throat> um, 86 Broads. Yes. Which she then um, rebranded, and it's now called Elevate. Mm-hmm. And play on the word is L, meaning French for women. So elevate. But she wrote this article called The Top Ten Financial Mistakes Women Make. And um, as she said, we all make mistakes, and she's made more than her share. But these are the top ten professional women make. And I think this is an important point. And I've talked about this, and I, and I, I raised the issue again in the book, that there is a very interesting dynamic that exists with professional women today which is it's it you're caught kind of between two different worlds the world of wanting to be a successful professional and remembering whatever it was or wasn't that your mother and father taught you about money because most of them thought that the way the world was structured, you would grow up, find a husband, have kids, and that would be your life. So a lot of professional women today, especially the baby boomers, are finding that they opted for the career and said, that would be a wonderful thing. I really want to pursue this, and I'm glad the opportunities are there. But in the back of their minds, they still have no clue about money because they never were taught. Mm-hmm. So... Her point was that these are 10 that she came up with, but I said, there's probably more. Um, But let's go over these. The first one is letting your husband or partner manage the money without your involvement. Mm. She just said it's very 1968 and not in the cool mod way. A few of us think we'll get divorced or that tragedy will strike, but look around. It does. You don't want to be learning about your financial situation while you're in shock. And that's a good way to put it, while you're in shock. Number two, signing your joint income tax return without reading it. This is a mistake that divorce specialists often cite. If tax returns are handed to you at the last minute with a, don't worry, just sign it, honey. Mm -hmm. Don't. You're on the hook. Number three, using your husband's financial advisor, even if you, don't, if you don't really like him, know him, or can't stand him. And she puts in parentheses, and it's usually a him. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a test. At your next joint meeting with your advisors, how much does the advisor engage you, speak to you, look at you? If he spends most of his time talking to him, find your own. That's really the whole focus of what I try to do. I'm not interested in in just babbling on about nonsense relating to performance of your investments. I want to know what you need and what you want. Number four, not asking for jargon to be explained. Don't let politeness or not wanting to look dumb get in the way of understanding your finances. Research shows that both men and women are shy of asking for explanation of financial terms. Even so, men still invest while women more typically don't. Number five, not taking into account your greater longevity. 
in your investing plan. If you're married, you're likely to live six to eight years longer than he does. Does your financial plan take this into account and your years without him? Even if both of you are moderate risk investors, that means different things if you're living longer. Number six, not buying long-term care insurance. Here's a shocker. 70% of 65-year-olds will need some form of long-term care. And again, we're around for six to eight years longer than his. It's an extremely, extremely it important. It, but it's expensive. It is. But it is ex it's more expensive to try to do it yourself if you have to pay eight to $9,000 a month to be in a nursing facility. Yeah. So you got to look at it that way. Number seven, not taking enough risk. We women tend to be more risk averse in our investing. Our longer lives, the fact that we retire with two-thirds the retirement savings of men can call for somewhat greater risk-taking to earn a higher return. This is something that many women have to push themselves to do. Number eight, making the keep working, stay at home decision based on today's salary. This is an important point because I don't think that anybody ever thinks about it this way. How often do you hear this? If I leave the workforce, I'll be giving up X amount of dollars in salary, which barely covers the babysitter's costs. Rather than analyzing this based on a static point in time, it's more accurately thought of as a net present value calculation. And I'll explain that in a minute. That's because once we women step out of the workforce, we average 84% of our prior compensation if we return after one year and just 50% of our compensation after three years. This earnings stream should be compared to the admittedly tough to forecast salary raises one is likely to receive if one stays in the workforce. This is very personal and it's a decision that may not be one based solely on the dollars, but we should at least make sure we're looking at the right numbers. And number nine, don't necessarily judge a product by your old impression of it. People tell me they simply want to ensure a steady income to, in, into retirement. And they, when I say, how about an annuity, they mostly say, oh, no, not an annuity. The <laughs> reputation of the product turns them off. But it can be worth spending the time to understand and look at a product. And I've always said that. As much as I can't stand, stand them. Yeah. There, are, there are valid reasons to have one, but not the usual crap that's sold along with them. And then number 10, not seeing your money as a means to express your values. Many of us express our values through the products we buy, the nonprofits we support, the way we spend our time, and the companies we work for. But few of us view our investments as such, such a tool. And indeed, back in the day, values-based investing had a fringe tree-hugging reputation. <laughs> The industry has matured and today can represent a way for individuals to have their money work at more than just earning a financial return for them. These are 10 that she has seen. What did she miss? I don't know. I think that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Lynn, isn't um, the long-term health very, very expensive? No, it's not very, very expensive. Well, what's well like if I would say that it depends on how much you want to buy. Now, normally, long-term care insurance has um, years that they will pay. So it's a three-year plan, a five-year plan, 10-year plan, or lifetime. And it depends on how much you want to insure for. I th I'd say that the average 
supposedly the average nursing home stay is a little over three years. So if you want to in, if you want to insure for the average, let's say that's the case, and you get a three-year plan, if you're in your 60s and you want, maybe you want the full amount, and in most cases, people don't need the full amount. They don't need eight or $9,000 in benefit because they have Social Security, they right. have pensions, right. they have investments. So you back it out and see what you need. But if you were looking at something around four or $5,000 a month, that would start after about 90 days of waiting. It would probably, if you're in your early 60s, it might cost you about three to four thousand dollars a year. So that you break that down, that's a couple hundred bucks a month. And the other way to do it is that if you have your children pay for this, they can make a contribution to it. It's tax deductible too. So that's an incentive. You can also use that to pay someone to come into your house. Too, yes, you can. Because which is interesting. It's, a lot of it is home right. health care right. stuff. Right. So you can use it either way. Mm-hmm. And that's, that flexibility is huge. Yeah. Because then you're still paying the upkeep and the expense of food and all those electric and all the utilities. But then you're paying somebody to come in, which is, is, is less than what you would pay pay in a nursing home. Correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's good to know, though. So it, it makes sense because it saves a lot of money in the long run, and you could put it to your kids. You want this inheritance? Pay the premium. Mm-hmm. If you don't, goodbye. Yeah, because it, it will be goodbye. <laughs> it will suck I it know, right out. That, that really is. How for much time do you have to have stuff out before you can? they look at it? What like do you mean? change, getting stuff out of your name, that kind of stuff. That Five do. years. Five? Five. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. Okay. Well, we're going to take a fast break and we will be back with our guest expert this week, Dr. Barbara Plucknett. We'll be right back. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Wonderful, and you? Just fine. And we are we are back um, with our guest expert, Dr. Barbara Plucknett, who is the owner operator. Uh, operator. operator. <laughs> She's a smooth <laughs> operator. The smooth. owner, the owner of Advanced Gynecology Associates in Scranton, and Dr. Plucknett has, um, I'm sure, another interesting piece of information to share with us this morning. Good morning. Good Good morning. morning. So I thought that I would talk about sleep deprivation and insomnia, um, as I think that uh, I see a lot of sleep-related issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I see a lot related to hormones, but I was uh, listening to um, uh, a different way of looking at restoring sleep and I, I found it to be quite interesting and and it doesn't involve you know Xanax or Valium or um, you know any of the other prescription sleep aids of course because I prefer not to go down that pathway um, so I thought we would talk about that today okay 
Um, so I think most of us understand that if a person has a mechanical obstruction, um, you know, there's something in the way or they're overweight or their jaw recedes or things of that sort, um, that their sleep won't be quality sleep. Um, I, of course, understand that when we have hormonal deficiencies such as progesterone deficiencies, um, people won't sleep quite as well. Um, we can also understand that if people have allergies, um, they may have a disrupted sleep because of congestion or um, things of that sort. And actually, one of the most commonly used over-the-counter sleep aids is an antihistamine, um, Benadryl. People yeah. use that most often for sleep. Um, and that is partly because um, some people have um, allergies as the cause for their sleep problems. Um, lifestyle is also hugely related to sleep problems. Yes. Um, so the um, you know if you have a lifestyle that you work second shift or third shift or you're, you're switching shifts or you uh, you know even work in the evenings, you're going to have problems with your sleep. Um, of course, we know about different drugs that might uh, create problems alcohol, nicotine, certain um, drugs that are under the category of beta blockers that we use for our heart, um, the, um, the drugs in the category of SSRIs, which are your Zoloft, Paxil medications, um, amphetamines, of course. Um, but all of these types of medications will interfere with your sleep as it is. Some of these medications actually block or, or deplete your melatonin. So melatonin is the hormone made by our bodies in the dark. Um, it is necessary for a deep, dark sleep, so to speak. And if we don't have enough melatonin, we won't sleep well or we won't sleep through the night. Huh. Barbara, what about that old, I know it's just like an old <clears throat> wives' tale, but what about that? <laughs> is there any anything, because I think somebody told me there was something to warm milk. Is that, what is yes. the deal? What is that? Why did they so, say that? Yeah, so tryptophan is in milk. Oh, Okay. Okay, and so one of the things that I'll mention at the end of the talk is what can you do All right. uh, for sleep, okay. and it's 5-hydroxytryptophan, 5-HTP, um, helps with sleep. Oh, man. So, okay. yeah, the milk stuff does work. Uh, okay, so, and I, I, that's why I said some, uh, recently I just read where they said it actually is true. Unless yeah, you have lactose Unless you have, <laughs> Yeah, then you have to get lactate, warm milk. <laughs> anyway, Barb, go ahead. It's better to just take the 5-HTP. There you go, right? yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, why is it so important? Why do we even talk about lack of sleep? What, what happens with a lack of sleep? Well, when you don't sleep well, you have an increased risk of obesity, an increased risk of diabetes, heart disease. You have a slower metabolism. You never, ever actually get to a deep sleep. So you can't actually replenish the, the stress, the brain hormones that we make in our brain, you know, um, stress hormones and things of that sort. So it really is a concern when we can't get enough sleep. And so the newer way of looking at this is all of these things um, are, are valid, but there's a new thing called um, neuroexcitation. What does that mean? That means that your brain is like being on fire. It's so wired. It's so stressed out. It's so hyper that it just can't calm down to allow you to sleep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And of course, our brain on fire is due to stress. Yeah. Right? Yep. So literally, insomnia is too much input from stress. 
And it's thought that 25 to 33% of people actually have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. And if this occurs three or more times a week, it's thought to be significant. Now, people think that this is okay and or normal because, you know, grandma did it, my father did it, my mother did it, um, it's genetic, um, or, you know, they, they can just, they blame it on many things, but we really need to focus on identifying that people have a problem with insomnia and then trying to correct it. And so it occurs with this vicious, vicious cycle. You have a stress or an emotion. You internalize that. It then makes, you know, you can, you can just imagine if something's stressing you out, your heart's racing, right? So then it activates the hormones in your brain. It creates the insomnia. Then you now have a fear of sleeplessness, and you get more of the, mm-hmm. you know, arousal. Yep, and yep. so it just keeps going around and around in a cycle. Barbara, and, is insomnia actually your inability to fall asleep or stay asleep both both okay both yep all right so insomnia is difficulty with sleeping either falling asleep or staying asleep okay some insomniacs will tell you they can't fall asleep other people will wa- will wake up in the middle of the night and never be able to go back to bed okay and both fall under that category right. okay and so the goal is to figure out how to dampen the response to stress during the day yeah so that you don't have that hyper brain on fire response as you're trying to go to bed. Yeah. Hmm. And that's the new way of looking at it. It's not that here's your pill, you know, have a great day, we'll see you later. It's how do we get this response to stress to be quieted down? Right. So you're, you can't necessarily change what happens during the day, but you're probably going to tell us what we can do after we're in to aid in that downtime prior to going to bed is that because that would be the only thing you can't change the craziness of your day right no you can't change the craziness of of your day but you can change how the body responds to the craziness of your day Um, and it actually is during it's throughout the whole day so there are um, different um, over-the-counter products um, that are available um, to use, um, one of which is 5-HTP, um, 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan. It's the precursor or the starter cells for serotonin. We've talked about serotonin in the past, um, that being the, um, the hormone of mood. You know, we take um, Zoloft and Paxil and things of that sort to restore our serotonin levels, um, but actually, quite honestly, we would rather make those on our own rather than having to take a medication so stress causes a significant loss of your serotonin and so this 5-HTP is necessary to help rebuild your serotonin Um, on a funny note um, it's actually not so funny uh, a low amount of serotonin uh, is is responsible for carbohydrate cravings Whoa. And so for people that create that carb or that crave Dave. carbs, one of the therapies is 5-hydroxytryptophan. Ooh, you mean in the moment if you're craving it, you should yes, you should take it. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Wow. It has that kind of a, a rapid effect. It does. It does. Is it, it one helps. pill, Barbara? Yeah, it's it's a 200 milligram tablet. And it, um, where do you get it? You can get that over the counter at any supplement any drug store. store or su- oh, mm-hmm. supplement. Okay. All right. right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so and it also helps with um, melatonin synthesis. So we talked about melatonin being the hormone of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it also influences the making of melatonin. So, uh, and you can vary. I always say 200, but it can be anywhere from 25 to 300 milligrams. But I, 200 sticks in my mind uh, as the thing to use. Okay. Um, most of us have heard of melatonin as a supplement um, because if your body's not making it, uh, well, then maybe you could take it. Um, and I always suggest starting with a one milligram um, amount at bedtime and then increasing that by another one milligram nightly until you actually get some sleep. Um, it does, it, oddly enough, it used at high enough doses, it can relieve your symptoms of jet lag. Oh, so yeah. little little tip there. And, there and they and, and recommended that, um, you know, you can go as high as 20 milligrams. Most people would not suggest that, um, but you can go as high as, as 20 milligrams. Another thing that I think is really great for the, the wiry brain and the calming of the brain is something called L-theanine. L-theanine is a product... Um, used in children for um, hyperactivity. So very, very safe. Um, But what it does is it it dampens your hyperactivity in the brain. It can be found in green tea. Um, It's safe to take. Um, And so that can be taken, um, you know, we usually start at 100 milligrams, but you can start much higher than that. You can go much higher than that with um, this medication. Uh, But these are all very easily found over the counter. There's two other products that are not quite so common. Um, Well, rhodiola, we have talked about rhodiola before. Uh, Rhodiola is a stress hormone regulator. Um, And so what it does is it limits the effects of stress on the heart. So therefore your heart rate response doesn't go up quite so much. Um, It also reduces your response to stress in general. Um, So rhodiola is a very calming supplement that you can take. Barbara, spell that because I know it's R-H something, isn't it? It's R-H-O-D-I-O-L-A. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And lastly, um, the other one that's a, a, a value is Relora, which is R-E-L-O-R-A. Relora um, has natural properties of being anti-anxiety, anti-stress. Um, it rivals the use of benzodiazepines, which most people are taking for sleep. Uh, it's not sedating at all. Um, and so it's also antidepressive in its nature. It can help you normalize your stress hormone, your cortisol hormone, and it has a very low side effect profile. So Relora um, at 200 milligrams three times a day is also very well used for calming the brain on fire. And so the hope is that if we calm the stress level down and we calm it during the day, the response at night will be muted and we will be able to get better rest so that we won't be suffering from all of these other side effects um, that we can see. And none of them have any kind of uh, side effects when you wake up the next day? No, the hangover effects that uh, that the typical benzodiazepines can have. No, these types of products do not have that sedative, prolonged sedative use, um, that if you didn't give yourself a full eight hours, you would be struggling to wake up and get moving again. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the nice part about all of these. They're really not sedating in their purpose. They are calming of your nervous system and calming of your response to stress to your nervous system. And so you end up not being aroused all the time and stressed out um, and therefore you can calm down as appropriate to go to sleep 
So if you wake up at three in the morning, if that's the kind of insomniac you are, and you say, oh, I can't, I, my mind, I need to find that button to turn my brain off. Right. Um, taking any one of these at that point would have an effect that yeah, would so, do that. So- yeah, the one I would take at that point would be the theanine, um, okay. because the theanine is that is the is the mind racing drug. That is the one, um, and so that's a, a, an easy thing to take. And it, uh, again, it's not going to have any problem when you have to get up, you know, three or four hours later to go to work, because you can mm-hmm. take theanine all day long. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we can start to get the stress levels down, um, you know, and also, of course, watch your caffeine at nighttime, watch your alcohol at nighttime, mm-hmm. don't take naps during the daytime, try to get some exercise, you know, all the normal things that we would usually tell you if you were struggling with sleep disorders. Um, but I think that these were a nice additive um, to, besides my, you know, management of hormones and things of that sort. Well, how do you see that that has um, some way of being part of your practice? Uh, Do you see a lot of women who are misdiagnosed? Well, what I see is I see a lot of folks that already have sleep disorders Mm -hmm. and already are on medications. And my hope would be to get them off of their sleep Mm -hmm. aid medications that are being prescribed um, in a way to, to get everything to reset during the daytime. So okay. that's how I see it as a benefit. Um, you know, I'm, I don't like addictive medications. A lot of, you know, Xanax, people use Xanax to go to bed. It's very addictive. Yep. Um, a lot of those medications that fall under those categories, once they're on them, they're hard to come off of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is a way to get you off of those types of medications while still affording you a good night's sleep. Sounds good. How can anyone who would like to speak to you, doctor, get in touch with you? Um, easy uh, through the office phone number, 570-344-9997. Uh, we also have a website, drbarbaraplucknett.com, and that's P-L-U-C-K-N-E-T-T. Uh, we are located across from Regional Hospital in Scranton. Our office is on the second floor of the building across the street, so very easy to get to. There you go. Thank you very much, Barbara, once again, as being our wonderful guest expert today, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We'd like to wish all of the fathers out there a very 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 happy and safe father's day because without dads i'm thinking of jim cad now too so there we go happy father's day to all you wonderful dads and those who act like dads is a good thing so and to meyer for all the wonderful ways he's been a dad to both of my boys so thank you and we will see you next week again thanks for watching we'll see you soon be safe and be nice bye this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.